what's awesome, baby? It's a PTP, a primetime podcast. Hello, friends. As we make our way to the Backroom Studios, we'd like to welcome you to the From Corner to Corner podcast. Whoa, Nelly. It's the granddaddy of them all, the greatest podcast around. And in this corner is the best podcast around. It's time! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Y'all ready for this? And welcome back to another great episode. Man, I absolutely love that pump up the jam coming into the show. Pump up the jam. Pump it up. I don't know the rest of it, but I like that part. (laughs) I mean, and tonight it's fitting because tonight is fight night. Are we tussling? Yeah. We're going at it. We're going to tussle. Wait a minute. Where's Adam at? He's not here to fight with you. He was afraid. He's coaching Pee Wee some sport. And listen. What sport is it that they're playing? Flag football tonight. And I mean, there's some... There's some stuff going on. Talking about fights. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's some drama, drama like in, football the, in drama. the Pee-wee football league. You have the upper management of the league that just decided, uh-uh, no playoffs. Yeah. What? Yeah. Maybe, maybe and they've he only should played, what, three or four games, right? I mean, it hadn't been that many, but it's like. Maybe he should show up in a shirt with their picture on the front with the clown nose on the front like they do Roger Goodell t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I tried to talk him into letting us come do this live at the football game tonight. So. I mean, I will go and berate them while they're on the sidelines <laughs> just right. talking about how bad they are. I could do that. We could live We could live commentate the game and, and berate the owners all at the same time. <laughs> right, right. You'd have Neil. You'd have them three-year-olds that out there just crying. Well, I'm not going to break the players running off the field. Mommy, he made fun of me. I'm not going to break the players. I'm talking about the president and vice president, right? Who apparently have no business being president and vice president of the league. What doesn't? I mean, doesn't sound like they have any skin in the game. Like they're just like, hey, I'll do it. Well, you don't have kids to play. I don't guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So. How was your guys' weeks? It's a good week. Good. It's good. We're finishing up school. Yes, about done. Right. T- t- tomorrow's the last day here in Anderson County. Well, I'm. I say I'm about done. In Anderson County. I'm Montgomery <laughs> County. Are we in Anderson <laughs> yeah. County now? Found that flux capacitor. We just... <laughs> That's where I went to school. <laughs> yeah, in the fifties. <laughs> I mean, we're in the we're in the when they had sock ops. We're and in stuff. The, County of the Fighting M's, so you we know. do, we do have the the Fighting Block M's. Yeah, I mean we're the Indians, but you know we Man, we don't want that I on mean, the on the uh, on, on anything. We yeah. just want an M with a feather. We yeah, Fighting no, M's. Go we get don't it. want no negative connotations. Well, speaking of Fighting M's, I mean we're, the uh, girls softball team is, is uh, well, they won district, right? They won district. Yeah. The yep. the boys uh, baseball team won district won and district. is already and, advanced and they won in their the first game in region. By the way, both of those games against. Clark County, 
which we own, <laughs> except for maybe in basketball, because they recruit. Did you say maybe in basketball? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, last year was was maybe. Did they really recruit? I, th- obviously, Clark County bought their players. <laughs> listen, listen. We'll save that topic for. I'm going to take up for the the county that signs my paychecks. Okay. There have been schools that have been openly recruiting since you all were in school. <laughs> that a long time, like sixty years. Oh, no doubt. Okay. <laughs> Paul Blazer up the road. Uh, yes. Ashland Paul Blazer, they won a national title in like the forties, like maybe maybe a couple. One hundred percent were recruiting players. So like Paul Blazer's been doing it since like the forties and fifties. It's easy for them to do it though because they're so close to West Virginia, and and nobody cares about all that. Is it, do they, Adam? Oh, that's right, he's not here. Is to, there uh, any talent in West, West Virginia? Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> do they even know what sports are? Probably not. I mean, I, I thought West. They Virginia, at least attempt to. I thought West Virginia was famous for Marshall University. We are Marshall. Mountain Holler. And apparently some biscuit place on the Tudor Tudor's biscuit. There you go. It's listen. Pizza it's pizza good. rolls or pepperoni rolls. He Adam talks about them all the time. So when and we the wild to, and wonderful whites. When we go to WrestleCade, are we gonna have to leave early so we can try to stop and get the biscuit place? No, you can just get it in Lexington. They got Tudor? Yeah. It's right there on New Circle Road at uh, in the Eastland shopping area. I had no idea. Yeah, it's on the, it's on the right hand, right hand side. Can't miss it. Two. Well, bread get, bread cause that who drives around all over Lexington. Get the politician. Full hash brown, eggs, bologna, and a biscuit that's about a, about uh, four inches in uh, diameter. It's fantastic. is that what it's called? Is the politician? It's called the politician. I don't know why. Because it's full of bologna. Probably. That's it. <laughs> That's a good yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it sounds like we have a – maybe we can do an an on-site podcast from Tudor's Biscuit World. Well, you know, that new app I was telling you about allows us to be able to record a podcast together on our phones wherever we're at. So I'm still doing a little bit more research. It's a brand-new app. The guy that created it, is the dude that calls the lineups for the Chicago Bulls. You know, the, yeah. when they hit the whole the serious song and he does the, and now, yeah. your Chicago Bulls. And yeah, that's the I guy. I could do that. You could. So apparently he's the third guy since they started that. So pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But yeah, he started that with some of his friends. And so, I mean, like, I signed up for it and like literally 10 seconds later, he liked it and sent me a message and said, welcome to Stump. <laughs> and I've been chatting back and forth with him about, you know, how to, what to do. Huh. It's social media for podcasts is what he's wanting to do is be able to to share podcast ideas and sound bites and stuff like that. I haven't figured out if I can download and or upload our podcast into it. I haven't figured that out yet. Right. That's another question for him another day. But anyways. Well, I mean, since we've been talking about weeks, your week's been hail, right? <laughs> it, is, it has absolutely been hail. H A I L. Hail. So I have seen a lot of roofs in the last few days. That is for sure. Right. So, and you discovered a new brand this week. I did. Just today. Just today. Hillbilly bread. And it's not just white. 
It's multigrain, which kind of threw me off a little bit. That didn't seem. But the best right. part of it is that it says Granny's Old Fashioned Bread Mix on the bag. On the bag with a with you know with a, a hillbilly with a hillbilly right did on the. Did you try it? I, I did not pick up a loaf. No, I did not. But I should have. Do you all sell it? I don't sell that. No, I wish we did. Who sells it? I wonder. I think it's your place of favorite bread. Aunt Millie's that does the soft and good. Soft and, soft and good. It's soft, an end. Soften. Soften good. Yeah, with the bear on the front. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have a bear on one. They have a hillbilly on the other. That makes all make sense. It's the softened good. Is that sold at Kroger? It's not. Oh, I was in Danville, oh, okay. and that's where I saw it down there. Yeah. Well, oh, that's right, because you're working like 14 days a week now. I am. <laughs> not driving to Danville to get a loaf of bread. <laughs> It can all be soft and good as it wants to, but I ain't going to get no hillbilly bread in Danville. That's an hour away. So so you talked about fight night. Yeah. I came across the other day on the old TikTok. Okay. And I screenshotted it. You and I have kind of talked about this. I want to get Wes's thoughts. We talk all the time about how soft the NBA is. Yeah. Right? And, and it's not the NBA that we grew up on. There's, it, there's a reason I don't watch the NBA. And it's because of that. Until the playoffs when they care and kind they of. play a little bit harder. I think they they just care as to who can hit the most three-pointers. Matt Jones, uh, who I am not a fan of, is on ESPN Radio this afternoon. And he made a point, and it might have been the greatest point he's ever said. He goes, I think it just comes down to this in the NBA now. Whoever hits the most three-pointers wins. Because yeah. last night the Mavericks hit 20 and the Warriors hit 10 and the Mavericks won. And then the Warriors got it to within six points at one point. But it's like blowout after blowout after blowout. I don't understand how you can go get blown up by 50 points and then turn around and win the next game. It's all about the shooting. So we talk, you know, the game has changed so much. Yes. I came across a, a quote in an, in an interview that Bob Cousy, you can talk about old school. I mean, Bob you, Cousy. you all probably around the same time Bob Cousy, that's when you all were coming into your prime, all right? Uh, and Bob Cousy's quote on James Harden was, "In my era, I would have dog walked him like a like the Chihuahua he is. We played physical, none of the free throw stuff. So my question to you guys is: Is there a player today that could have played and thrived in that era?" We're talking probably the game started changing probably around 2000. Right. The Hackashack probably ushered in the new. I wonder what he means by the, the none of the free throw stuff. Does that mean that he drove I mean, down the lane and they get fouled and they wouldn't call for basically? A foul? Yeah, I mean, because look at we, t- we we talked about Mister Practice. We're talking about practice. Allen Iverson himself would have a stat line that he shot four for thirty seven. And scored 42 points. Yeah, because it was all from the free throw line. It was all from the free throw line. I think it started changing with the Hackashack, with Al Iverson and the Hackashack, because that they fouled him to get him to the line intentionally. Well, to answer your question, you can immediately eliminate all of the centers because none of today's centers, maybe Rudy Gobert, but I certainly I, I doubt it. You don't think Jokic could? No, because he spends most of his time outside of the lane. Yeah. All, all, they all do now. Right. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Luca is the only one that I think of that that might be able to do it because he's he brings on the physical play. 
Well, another player that I've watched and would make you happy, Jason Tatum, because he will take the ball inside, as we talked about last week. So, you know, now they've all got the step back. It doesn't matter where it's at. It's either a three inside, just inside the three-point line, uh, right about the free throw line, the the step back that they're getting away with now that they would call a walk back in that day. Talking about the Euro step? <laughs> the Euro step I don't have a problem with. No, he's talking about the fake, and then they lean uh, back. Yeah, the, every the, shot's a fadeaway three-pointer now. The, the You know, throw your shoulder in and then take two steps back. Right. I've never talked about I've never been a fan of the whole and, and it's you know the shooting have the leg out or or like you you lean into the defender and they call it like they protect the shooter so much. Yeah. Now but, I can understand them coming up underneath the shooter and undercutting them or coming yeah. out at them. Yeah. But if a guy is straight up yeah. and you go into him, that's not a foul. Yeah. And the other thing is if the ball has gone and it's halfway there and they hit your elbow, it's not a foul. The ball gone. Right. The ball is gone. Well, and there's times that they wait to see what it does if they're going to call it a shooting foul or not. Yeah, right. So, but the first guy that comes to mind to me, and and it and it's going to, it's kind of a, a physical, he seems to be a physical player. He's young. I think Ja Morant probably could. I could see that. Uh, yeah, I could. See uh, that. I mean, he's more built in the Allen Iverson mold, yeah. which was at the tail end. You know, that kind of ushered in this this new weak era. But uh, I just thought that was a really interesting I mean, quote. The the younger LeBron could have probably done. I don't know that LeBron would have been LeBron, but I believe he could have. I believe he could have played. I mean, you're talking about dudes like Bill Lambeer and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish and Charles Oakley. Yeah. Anthony May, these dudes would, you're not coming down the lane. Mm-mm. Right. No. And, and and if you did, you were doing it one time. You weren't well, doing and, it And again. some of those guys made careers just to be the enforcer. Yeah. You know, the, the, the guy that comes off the bench going, yeah, uh, take Larry out. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I mean, I mean, they, there's multiple videos out there of, Larry Bird fighting people. I mean, that, you talk about fight. That he would fight. Yeah, I mean, he didn't care. Yeah, he didn't care at all. Well, I mean, they called him the hit, the hick from French Lick for a reason. All yeah. right, you don't get that moniker if you don't know how to fight. Right. Well, it's funny brought uh, Larry up. So back when him and Magic were at the peak of the rivalry, I mean, there was legit hatred back then, right? These guys didn't hang out. Right. You hung out with your team. That's it. I mean, it wasn't no, there wasn't no banana boat stuff going on. Right. You know, Larry and Magic were commissioned to do a commercial together, and I don't remember if it was a shoe commercial or food or whatever it was, but they shot it at Larry's uh, grandmother's house in French Lick. It has a basketball court and all this, which is where he lives now. But he he, he built it for her, and. They didn't want to. They didn't want to shoot the commercial together, and they go, "Well, you're gonna play one on one." And Larry was like, "Well, like, how are we gonna play? Are we gonna play the way we play, or are we just gonna play?" And they go, "Just play. Don't don't kill each other the way you normally would." So around lunchtime, grandmother had fixed lunch, and 
They went up to eat lunch together. Magic went with him. And they got to talking and getting to know each other. Larry's family fell in love with, with Magic. And he goes, that day I met Irvin. Right. He, up until that point, I'd only known Magic. And that's when they became friends. But it's funny that that little bitty commercial did that. But I remember, I don't know that you remember this, but I remember commercials, the McDonald's commercials, where they played horse with Michael Jordan. And and they, like, around, I mean, like, shooting it from everywhere. Uh, And Michael was involved in that, too. Of course, all of that led into them playing uh, the Dream Team. The Dream Team, which. Which was difficult too, right? You've got all of these guys with these super egos. They didn't like each other. But it also was kind of the passing of the torch yeah. for Magic and Larry to be like, Michael's the new guy. Yeah. He's the guy. Yeah. So, you know, you it's it because they did hate each other. And there's a series out on HBO sh- Showtime about about the Showtime Lakers. Yeah. Uh I want I want to watch that. They it's pretty it's pretty graphic, like I'm sure that the Showtime Lakers were. Uh, You know, it was drugs and women all the time. But it's amazing that these two polar opposites, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. And, I mean, it's a perfect segue into our fight night show because, I mean, they legitimately hated each other. Yeah. The Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, they – it's the Red Sox and the Yankees. I mean, they hate each other. Well, and that was right around the time that I started getting into watching sports. Yeah. That was when I started watching the Braves. That was when I started watching the Bears. You know, the Lakers and the Celtics, they were in the finals every freaking year, yeah. it seemed like. And you couldn't not fall in love with the Lakers, yeah. right? And I loved Magic and, and Kareem and all them. And, you know, it was just magical to to see all of that, right? Right. And I remember, like, man, I was that that was when I was emotionally invested into like sports and seeing the Lakers run in against the hated Detroit Pistons. And so for two years we hated the Pistons. And then here comes Michael. He finally breaks through, gets right. past them. And you're like, you're okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Michael got there. And then you're like, Oh God, Michael's still there. And then you're like, Oh my God, Michael's still there. Oh, Michael retired. Oh crap. Here comes Michael back again. And right. it was like, it was funny because I was like riding, I was mowing before we come out here, and that's when I think about a lot of things. And one, of, I was just one of these songs that came on my uh, playlist was an older song in the '80s, and it was talking about how crazy the world is and stuff at that time. And I'm look, I'm listening to this, and I'm like, okay, well, I lived then, and I live now, and it's a heck of a lot crazier now than it was then. And I'm sure then we thought it, they thought it was kind of crazy. Right. But, I mean, look, fast forward to where we're at now, there's nothing to it. But anyways, I remember they were, you know, talking about the three-pointers and stuff. They were talking about that today. Colin Cowherd has got an idea that, you know, take the corner three out, bring the line out, and just kind of eliminate those corner threes because you could defend the three better, which they probably wouldn't anyways. But anyways – I was sitting there thinking, when the Bulls played, the first round, the first three guys, or, or champ, championships, was Paxson, right? The second three was with Kerr. If Michael or Pippen threw it out to those guys and they shot it, you knew it was going in. Right. I mean, it was automatic. 
Well, and you talk about Kerr. The best soundbite ever is when they won the, uh, I think it was the 98 championship, and Kerr is doing his little press conference, you know, when they're talking to the crowd, and he said, I had to bail Michael out again. Yeah, because he because he hit one of those clutch threes, yeah. and he said he said Phil's in there drawing up the play, and he said Michael, we're going to you. And he said I looked at Michael, and he had fear in his eyes, and he said, Don't worry, Michael, I'll bail you out. <laughs> Give me the ball, <laughs> and he did. And I mean, that was one of the other things that, that that I heard today too was in those series back then, all of those games were like last possession type stuff. Yeah. There wasn't none of these. Like, when you got to the finals, we talked about this the other day, there wasn't no 25-point blowouts. No, that was, crap didn't happen. I mean, You even, fought to the very last shot. I mean, even even times when, like, the Sixers were outmanned by the Lakers, you know, the Allen Iverson Sixers, I think it still went five or six games. Like, yeah. he was still able to pull some pull, pull some wins out. So, uh, but I thought that was, that was kind of interesting, uh, you know, that comment by uh, – by, Bob Cousy, because James Harden couldn't make it. Right. Russell Westbrook might be able to. Unfortunately, he, he can't shoot good enough to do right. that. But he does everything else good enough. He yeah. probably could. The only person, the only other person that comes to my mind just off the top of my head would have been like Patrick Beverly because he plays defense the way they used to play right. defense. But now everybody complains about him. He's too right. He's too rough. He's too rough. That you know. <laughs> really? I mean, he's just trying to do what's right on defense. What about Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart probably could. Yeah. You, he plays good. I'm defense. sure if we looked at Marcus everybody's Smart's crazy. I mean, then he would have been perfect. Maybe so. I, I'm sure if we looked at <laughs> Marcus Smart's a was Marcus Smart would have worked great on the Bad Boys, right? I'm sure if we looked at everybody's roster, there's a guy or two, but it's not ever going to be the superstar. What about Brian Scalabrini? Listen, my favorite TikToks are the ones that, like, Brian Scalabrini shows up still today at, like, pickup games. And, like, the wife. schools of them all. Well, they think that they can just handle him because he's the white mamba. Like, he's, look at it, he, you, you're, you look like a, you look like a, a Jewish, what are they called, rabbi. That's what the word I was looking for. And uh, they forget, dude was drafted in the NBA. Yeah. For one, there's only about 60 players that get drafted, okay? Yeah. So you're pretty dang good. Right. Two, he led USC in scoring. Yeah. 18 points a game. Yeah. And he played in the NBA for like 15 years. Broken play. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's like, yeah, he said at the end of a bench, but there's only 12 players on a team. There's only 12 players. There's only 30 teams. He was still good enough to stay on a team. I guess 32 teams. So you look, how many is that? Let's see. Let's, let's, Let's do the quick math. I'm not good with numbers in my head. That's 384 players. At one point, he was part of the top 400 players in the world. Yeah. There's always that guy in your neighborhood that you could never beat. Yeah. And and they would just stand back on your ball goal and just torch you. Yeah. And Brian Scalabrini made it to the NBA, and the other guys that torch you in the neighborhood is working at, you know, whatever their regular job is. Right. They're working regular <laughs> nine-to-five. Right, yeah. exactly. So that just shows you yeah. how much better he but is. See, but that's a – he played in the NBA that fit his role right. at that time. Mm-hmm. He probably wouldn't play now, you know, because there's not really that need for that beast underneath the goal. Right. So, but that will be a great segue into the baseball brawl. The baseball brawl. So the brawl for all. <laughs> so it came across the, the the news the other night that uh, Josh Donaldson 
and Tim Anderson, and it really wasn't Tim Anderson, it was Yasmani Grandal that got up in Josh Donaldson's face because apparently Josh called Tim Anderson, hey, what's up, Jackie? Referencing the fact that Tim Anderson did an interview a couple years ago referring to himself as the modern-day Jackie Robinson because he's trying to, quote, change the game. Yeah. And, man, Josh got suspended for a game because of it. Well, my And he's done it for two years. My initial thought on this was, I want to pull out a New Day phrase when you're talking about Tim Anderson. And I want to be like, who? Who? Yeah. Like, (laughs) until a few years ago when he was on Sports Illustrated, nobody knew who Tim Anderson was. Yeah. Okay? You're an average baseball player at best. Now, when I say that, I'm comparing you to all other Major League Baseball players. Right. All right? And... There's only a small few few people that make it to that level. So you're a phenomenal baseball player in the grand scheme of things. Major League, you're you're average. Now he did win a batting title uh, three four years ago. That's kind of when he caught fire. Yeah, yeah, and maybe and maybe was like either either next or won two titles right in a row batting title wise. Right. So he was still pretty good, but at this point. You know he's not he's not Jackie Robinson. No, he's trying to he's trying to make himself stay relevant. Is what he's trying exactly. to do. He in fantasy baseball, he's the number one ranked position or currently uh, currently. So because he's hitting what he's hitting three sixty five, twenty three runs, five homers, nineteen RBIs, and seven stolen bases. The, okay. the three sixty five. I mean that's that's what he had been hitting. Right. You know, uh, four or five years ago when he came out as oh this dude's good. Yeah. So, to set the scene, Josh Donaldson walks to the plate. Josh Donaldson now plays for the New York Yankees. Walks to the plate. Grandall stands up out of his stance and starts jawing with him immediately. Yeah. And you can see, like, Donaldson's kind of caught, caught off guard by it. He's like, and the umpire. So, whatever Grandall was saying brought the umpire out from behind, and he started. He, he, he stepped in between them. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, the – the They're, bench is clear. The bench is clear. Anderson is is all mad and tore up and well, had to carry you, him off the field. Like Abreu has him in, like under the arm. Like like come on, man. And he's yeah. like, and I think and 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 Josh Donaldson did his interview afterwards. He said we were in like they were they were in spring training or something together. Uh, and he said we talked and Tim Anderson called himself the modern day Jackie Robinson. So he said that was kind of the running joke for us was. I said, hey, what's up, what's up, Jackie? And somewhere along the lines, that made Josh Donaldson a racist? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm still confused as to how that's a racist remark. If anything, if, if, if Tim Anderson had not referred to himself as the modern-day Jackie Robinson and Josh Donaldson is giving him you know, like praise as comparing him to Jackie Robinson, I would think that that would be like, that's pretty cool, you know? But they had this, I mean, I guess they had to suspend him, but I think it's stupid that they suspended him. But did they have to suspend him? He didn't do anything. To keep the political thing going. No, 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 no. But I I still don't understand why it's racist. What's racist about it? After he explained it, Tim Anderson didn't say that's not what happened. Right. He he didn't say anything. He basically said, 
Yeah, I did that. Everybody yeah. remembered. Everybody yeah. pulled it up, said that's what happened. Yeah. And it wasn't okay. the first time that he's, like you said, right. it wasn't the first time that he'd done it. Maybe maybe Tim Anderson just had a stick up his butt that day or something like that, and it just rubbed him the wrong way. Well, and then you got Stephen A. Smith, who any time and, – and I'm going to preface all this with saying that I'm not naive enough to think that racism still doesn't exist in the United States today. Right. Okay. And there – We've come a long way in race relations, obviously. I'm an eighth-grade social studies teacher, okay? We just finished. Our last unit of the year is on the Civil War, okay? So we've come a long way in 150 years. Right. We're nowhere near where we need to be. But I think the media in particular tries to make things seem a lot worse than what they really are. And anytime this happens, it automatically goes to race. Yeah. And Stephen A. Smith says he used it as an opportunity to stand on a soapbox and talk about how there's not enough African American players in Major League Baseball. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that what he said? Yep. But he doesn't talk about. So okay, cool. There's not enough African American baseball. So let's talk race. Let's talk how what did, what was that number we saw on that TikTok? That thirteen percent of players in the NFL are white. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes me offended. And that makes me not want to watch the NFL on Sunday. Well, no, because you know what I want to do? I want to watch the best athletes at their position play a sport that they excel in. I don't care what color you are. Right. It makes me no difference. I mean, the Dominicans and and. Uh... Uh, Mexicans and and all those guys in Central America, they all play baseball. Right. Well, that that skews that number too. It does. Absolutely. It, it's not like it's black and white in baseball. Right. If you really look at it, I'd I'd be far pressed to say that the numbers as far as Hispanics and Dominicans and Central Americans and Brazilians or all those guys down there is probably as high or higher than the African Americans. I would venture to say there are more. Hispanics, what? Yeah. Well, that's Dominicans, Cubans, yeah. Venezuelans. Yeah, you know, all of them. All of them. Yeah, there are more Hispanics in Major League Baseball than there would be white players. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, my boss, his his son is an adopted kid from Africa, mm-hmm. right? Which he says is always an interesting story: a wife, a, a husband, a wife, three daughters, and a, an African American kid. You know, it always, you know, and it's not like, oh, they adopted him. They always look at the wife and like, what did, right? Yeah, you know, was there infidelity? You know, I mean, right. and that's not what it was. But they, regard a different story for a different day. There's just not a lot of black kids that play. I mean, his kid plays basketball and baseball because it's a cultural thing for the African American race. Yeah. Basketball is the number. Basketball and football are the two sports that they that they that they play because. Right. You know, a lot of African American kids live in live in inner cities. You know, what there's not in inner cities, baseball, baseball fields. fields because there's right. not a lot of grass. Yeah, but there is a lot of concrete. Right. Yeah. So that's why basketball. I would I would assume that that's why the African American population is higher in basketball yeah. because that's what the, that's what they have. I mean, yeah. you know, you look at these kids. You know, New York and uh, New Jersey, Brooklyn and Los Angeles, like Chicago, all these inner cities, they have basketball courts everywhere. <laughs> 
we were we were uh, host families and season ticket holders to the legends from 2013 to 2020. Okay, and they were the Kansas City Royals organization the entire time that we were there. Right off the top of my head, I can think of three black kids that come through. Mm-hmm. Three. One was Khalil Lee, who made it to the majors, got traded to the uh, Mets, and then got really, and he's gone. Like I don't even know where he's at now. Yeah. I don't even know how you get called up to the majors, and then two weeks later you're gone, right? Um, and then DJ Burt, and then there was another kid. I don't remember him, but. I mean, I guess you could classify about, uh, you know, uh, Mondesi. At that time, he was Raul Mondesi Jr. Now he's Alberto uh, Mondesi. But I don't really, I mean, I think he's like Dominican. Well, you know, Ronald Acuna. Right. He's not not African-American. Right. Right. He he looks the part because he's not, he he doesn't have that tan complexion. Yeah. But he's Dominican. Yeah. What about uh, Delano DeShields Jr.? Yes, but that was prior to me being there. Okay. But yes, I do remember he did come through there. But I'm just, but it's like, I don't think it's a, I don't know how in the heck we got off on this topic, but, but well, I guess because the fact that it, it, the whole Tim Anderson thing is, is a race thing. Like just the sheer fact that Lexington Legends didn't have those kids bring, uh, you know, come through. I mean, that's not a Legends thing, right? They're, they're not bringing those players no. there. They're being sent there. Sure. But you can only draft from what's available. You can you can only sign to what's available. Right. If the kids at Muncie's kids' age that are playing at three and five, if they're not playing at that age, they're not going to be in the major leagues. Right. It's just not going to happen. Right. And if you go out to uh, Walker Park out here and watch the games, how many you think's out there? Right. Less than 10, probably, across all of the teams. But that's not the coach's fault. Right. You know, they're, like Evan's always one of the highest picks that gets picked. And he can't hit with a lick. But he's great at defense. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rusty will tell you, he can't hit. He can't. Case in point, you were talking about Adam's kids, and we watched a clip um, of them playing last week. And the other team – from all I could tell, was all but a couple of kids were black. And I think Adams got one or two, but they're playing football. Yeah. You know, and they're not playing baseball. As you said, right. you go out to right. East Walker Park. I don't know if, it, well, if it's different and, in Clark and, County. And, or and in, you got Clark County versus Montgomery County. Like, like I, I mentioned Anderson County earlier because that's where I graduated. I started high school in Grayson County. That's where I was born and raised until I was a freshman. We moved during Christmas break of my freshman year. Now, you want to talk about a culture shock. Grayson County is western Kentucky, right, right down around the Elizabethtown area. In all of the years that I went to school, through grade school, middle school, and the first half year of high school, there was one black family in the entire city, mm-hmm. and we had one black kid that went to school with us. Now, Come back from Christmas break in Anderson County, half the school was black. Right. Right? You talk about a culture shock. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not racist. It was just different. I'm Mm -hmm. like, whoa. (laughs) Like, it it was an unbelievable. But, I mean, you're talking 
from Anderson County to Grayson County, what is that, an hour and a half drive? Maybe. You know, Grayson County is a bigger county than Anderson County. Mm-hmm. Land-wise, not people-wise, yep. you know. And it's just, I mean, and that was 1990. Right. Now, I'm sure that's probably way different now in Grayson County than it was then because that was 30 years ago. Right. In Grayson County, safe to say, we didn't have any black guys on the high school team. Right. Grayson County went to the state tournament when I was in high school. Grayson County was led to the state tournament by a kid that I went to school with in Grayson County. The whole team was white. Mm -hmm. The whole team. But that wasn't because the coach didn't have, you know, you you can only play what you have to choose from. Right. Right. And I don't, you know, Charles Barkley did an interview here recently. I don't know if you've seen it or not. But I don't know what this open room is, but I've seen these videos a couple times. I, I I think I shared it with somebody else. I'll see if I can send it send it to you guys and watch it. But Charles Barkley is talking about racism. I know which one you're talking about. I just watched it the other day. Where he's talking about the fact that in all of these situations, he's like, you know, black cops are killing black people just as well as white cops are killing black people. But he said, there's more white people getting killed by cops than there are black people. He goes, but why do we not hear about those people? Right. Right? And, of course, (laughs) the other guys in the room with him, they didn't want to hear that narrative. It was Ryan Clark, and it was the Crowder uh, guy. Is that Jay Crowder? I think it was Jay Crowder. Yeah, I wasn't sure who that was. But they didn't want to hear that narrative. You know, Ron Clark tried to push that off, and and Charles was like, no, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this because he's basically getting to the point that the media Mm -hmm. is what's making this a race thing, right? The media, and the media makes everything what it is. Yeah. And it's all what fits the narrative. And then when when people stop listening to the narrative, then all of a sudden it changes. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, let's look this way. Yeah. This is bad. Yeah. And – I've said this before, and, I, and I've told you guys this. You have 10% of people, roughly, in, in the United States that are far left-wing, liberal individuals. You have 10% on the opposite, polar opposite, right-wing, uber-conservatives, right? Eight, 70 to 80% of people are right there in the middle, okay? Yeah. We want to we, we, we be able to provide for our family. We want to get up and go to work every day. We, you know, if we can go on vacation, we want to do that. We just want people to get along. Like we just want to do us, right? But we're being dictated by twenty to thirty yeah. percent of the population, which is where a lot of the media falls in. They fall into that, and both sides. I'm not singling one side out over the other, but that's where the media falls in. Right, because, so, because certain media will take over for the left, certain media will take over for the right. That's how they get their numbers because yep. they know those 10, and then everybody else well, kind of listens in between. And that 20% is what dictates the way our country dictates goes. Dictates right? everything. Because that's the votes that they're going after, the ones that set at home doing it. To finish on the Charles Barkley thing, he's like, where's the white George Floyd, right? Mm-hmm. And... If you're stitched in, there was another guy, and yep. another African-American that stitched in, and he told the story about a guy that was killed the same way as George Floyd. And he said, I would argue it was worse. They were both on fentanyl. But when they're 
on him, on the white guy, the cops are laughing. Mm-hmm. You can hear them laughing. Right. And when the EMS arrived, you hear them go, what are you guys laughing about? He's dead. And, I mean, but we didn't hear about that. Right. You know, and I think I think the sad part about it is, and you know, the, 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 the great part about it is, is you have a Charles Barkley and this other guy and other black people are coming forward and they're like, look, we know. It's not really a race thing, you know. Black people are killing black people. They're eliminating their own race. Well, and I was going to say, without getting too political, because that's not what this podcast is, okay? Right. Uh, you know, you got the organization Black Lives Matter, and that is a true statement. Black lives do matter. Yes. White lives matter. Mexican lives matter. Asian lives matter. Because life matters, Correct. right? But that group, as well as other radical groups, only come around when it fits their narrative. Right. I've heard before that if they really wanted to help the African-American population, right, they wanted to make things, then they're in Chicago every weekend when there are hundreds of African-American people that are killed. Mm-hmm. Gang violence, drunk driving, robberies gone wrong, all kinds of things, right? But again, a lot of that is black-on-black crime. That's not something that fits into their narrative, which goes back to my original point is the 20%, those far outside radicals on both sides are dictating. They're, di- they're, try- they're dictating the other 70-80% feelings on situations. They're trying to tell us how we should feel. Yeah, right. You know, by Stephen A. Smith coming out and saying what he said, we're supposed to hone in, not on the other races. We're supposed to be like, well, you know what? They're right. We need more African Americans in baseball. Yeah, because that had what to do with the fact that Josh Donaldson called him Jackie? Right. And you listen, know, like we he said. He didn't call him a bad word. Right. And like we said, Tim Anderson is nowhere near Jackie Robinson. I don't know. Jackie Robinson played with the risk of dying, of getting killed. Yeah. Daily. Daily. His family. His, his team did not want him. Yeah. They hated him. Yeah. And he, Tim Anderson, doesn't even belong in the same breath as Jackie Robinson. And never will. Jackie Robinson is so far and above Tim Anderson, it's not even funny. Which is another reason why he shouldn't have never gotten suspended. Because if he's just talking to him, if he's calling him Jackie, just because of baseball statistics, not because of that situation, there's no reason to suspend him. Right. Right. Period. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So there's probably no need to go any further. We're just getting cancel cultured as we speak. Uh, so It's been a good episode. Yeah. Good run. Well, guys, it was fun doing the podcast. Uh Hate Adam missed the last episode. Yeah, Adam. Tune in next week to a new podcast we're starting called Around the Corners. <laughs> I, and I'll, I don't think we did anything injustice there, right? I, I mean, so. and I, we talk about this a lot, Neil. I mean, we, we do. And I just, just like you said, the 80% in between, we just want to live, right? Mm-hmm. It, it races, the, and I'm going to finish with this. The only reason racism is a thing is because we allow it to still be a thing. Well, I heard Morgan Freeman one time say, he did an interview, and I love Morgan Freeman. He said, somebody talked about, um, he was being interviewed, and they was like, well, Morgan, what do you think about 
Black History Month. And he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about, Black History Month? And he's like, you know, a hist- you know, month that we honor our African-American heritage. And he was like, I'm an American. I have 12 months that's, like, that's my history. I don't, don't single me out. And he said, well, you know, well, racism. He said, well, you know why racism's the thing? Because we keep talking about it. Yeah. We keep bringing it up. Again, 70, 80% of people, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what race you come from. I don't care what religion you belong to. I just want to know if you're a good person. Are you a good person? Are you going to treat me with the same respect that I treat you? That's where the majority of people live. Yeah. And we got the left wing, the left wing and the right wing liberals and uber conservatives that are trying to pull us in different directions and cause division when there shouldn't be division. When when we did that show a couple of weeks ago and we was talking about our favorite players, how many of them were white? Right. Not many. I mean, Chipper Jones, Chipper Jones, maybe. But most of you know, but I mean, when I was a kid, when I started watching sports, Walter Payton was my favorite. Sweetness was my favorite football player. Um, Dominique Wilkins was my favorite basketball player. Now Dale Murphy was my favorite baseball player. Yeah, Pete Rose was one that I had picked on my four. Um, oh, that's right. But I picked Barry Bonds. I picked Eric Davis. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That right there just proves we're not a bunch of racists. All right, moving on. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. So, talking about hatred. Man, <laughs> there is some hate October brewing. October 8th, in Tuscaloosa, the, in the main event. In the SEC, Jimbo Fisher in one corner, Nick Saban in the other. Wow. Do you think there'll be a sharpshooter on the top of the stadium to take one or the other out? I will. They will not shake hands. Yeah, I don't care about the game. Don't care about the game. Jimbo I want Fisher to see the is pre-game. done. He said, "We're done." <laughs> and if they meet each other at half at midfield, I want to see if they do that. No, there is one hundred to zero odds that they do not do that. Yeah. Now, with that being said, Saban was right. Well, why don't you fill him in, Sean? We may have some people that live under a rock <laughs> and don't know what we're talking about. Well, Nick Saban was interviewed. And was talking how they've all they've been having these number one recruiting classes for years, and then this year they were number two because Texas A and M was number one. And he goes, "But Texas A and M bought their players." Okay. With that being said, a couple weeks ago our show was NIL, right? Yes. NIL was in place. Yes. So yes, they could have bought their players. Yes. But you're right. Nick Saban wasn't wrong. Right. Jimbo Fisher then all of a sudden gets his cowboy boots in a bunch, right? And he comes out and he says, I ain't no cheater. There's two things. People, you ask about Jimbo Fisher, there's two things they'll say. I ain't a liar and I ain't a cheater. Well, Jimbo, newsflash, Nick Saban didn't say you were cheating. Right. Is that a guilty conscience? (laughs) But Saban went about it wrong. Well, he and, did. And to follow that up, though, Saban says, we've never bought a player. <laughs> no, you only have six championships in the last nine, ten years. No, yeah, no, you haven't bought a player. There's well, no way possible you've bought a player. Well, where was he having that conversation? I have no idea. You don't you, you don't know? No, I just know it was on a panel. The conversation he talked about all that 
and was on a panel was in front of Alabama boosters. I was wondering if he wasn't if it wasn't an Alabama thing and they were he was just trying to so rally up the boosters. He's trying to rally up the boosters to do the same thing that the boosters have done through NIL for Texas A&M now. Mm-hmm. So here's where the interesting part comes in. Nick Saban has tried to reach out to Jimbo Fisher multiple times. As of this recording, they have not spoken. Right? Correct. Correct. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. You're laughing at something. <laughs> and then you looked at him. What the hell are you laughing at? We'll tell you we'll afterwards. We'll move on. <laughs> we'll tell you afterwards. All right. Am I being kicked out of the league right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. Jimbo used to work for Nick Saban at LSU. He says, basically, you ought not throw stones if you live in a glass house. And if you get to looking, referring to the media, at his history, he's done despicable things referencing Nick Saban and his recruiting tactics mm-hmm. and things that he's done. And, and he goes, you learn who to follow and who not to follow. And you learn or you, you follow... Uh, you talk about Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden, but you don't follow Nick Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban went on ESPN because Jimbo would not accept his phone calls. And publicly apologize. Yeah, to him and to Deion Sanders. Both. We haven't got to the Deion part yet. He he said, I, I should not have said Texas A&M by name. Yeah. That's my fault. But I'm not apologizing for what right. I said. Right. Because what I said is how I feel. And he's not wrong. The NIL, which is what we talked about on our show, is being used as a recruiting tool. And he comes straight out and said on the on the ESPN interview when he was on the radio that day, it's not meant to be a recruiting tool. It's meant to reward the kids that come here and do good and earn the opportunity to get sponsorships and, 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 and stuff like that. But it's being used as a recruiting tool. USC, it should, he should have said USC instead of A&M because USC is buying players left and right. Well... But then you think about Bryce Young, who just won the Heisman, had had made seven figures before he was under center the first time at Alabama. And and Saban bragged about that. Bragged about it. He said, well, you know, we got Bryce Young, you know, in his Nick Saban draw, we got Bryce Young over here uh, making almost a million dollars and hasn't done the first thing. I paraphrased his statement there, but yeah. it's our show. I'll paraphrase all yeah. I want to. But he wasn't bought. He wasn't bought, no. <laughs> nope. He found that million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He found it. It was in his dorm room. Right. In a duffel bag. Duffel bag. Marked urgent. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how Kentucky, that's how Eddie Sutton got Kentucky in trouble. That's right. $100 handshakes. Uh, now you just don't have to hide the $100 handshakes. Right. It's like. And, and they're not $100 handshakes no, no more. They're, they're $10,000 handshakes. Or, or 65 <laughs> or 650 Yeah. <laughs> but Nick, or, Nick Saban has. Hit a hornet's nest. Yeah. Oh. You and I both, I think all of us have had this conversation. You could see it be a thing where, because this is far from over. We haven't heard about it as much because, you know, they changed the narrative. Now we're back to, we're back to race relations, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still there. It's far from over. I legitimately could see it be a situation where at the end of the year, especially if it doesn't go away, Nick Saban's just like, 
you know what? It's it's time for me to ride off into the sunset. I'm 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 done coaching football. Yeah, and it, and it'd be something that's that quick, like like bam, he's 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 out. Yeah, which is which we talked about on the NIL show. We think that's why Jay Wright may have walked away. That's why Roy Williams walked may have walked away. Coach K. I mean, I I'd say these guys are are tired. And when in I feel like somebody said that they didn't want to recruit their own players, you know, which is what they're doing now. Right. They're trying to – they recruit them to come to Duke, and then they have to turn around and recruit, and, them, to and stay. recruit them to stay. Because the tra- between transfer portals and NIL deals, there's money. I mean, we've talked about it on that show. Kids are getting called before they even enter the transfer portal. Yeah. Before they're even thinking about leaving. Yeah. I mean, who was the – At any school. At any school. Just like Johnny Broom uh, from Moorhead that was their OVC player of the year for two straight years. Yeah. Before he even left Moorhead, before he even thought about leaving Moorhead, he's getting phone calls, you know, all the time. Yeah. Hey, go to the transfer portal. We can yeah. bring you here. Yeah. And and as we talked on that show, the way coaches are getting around that is all these kids run on the AAU circuits and the and the club teams and all they know each other. Mm-hmm. They're at the same camps. They play like they they're they're at they're at the same things. So that's how they're getting around it. Yeah. Uh, you talked about USC. Uh, Caleb Williams and the kid from Pittsburgh. They were in the same they from the same place. Lincoln Riley goes to his players and be like, "Hey, who do you know? Yeah. We need we need a wide receiver. Who do you all know? Yeah. Caleb Williams is like my guy. <laughs> He's at Pitt right now. Right. That's yeah. that's my dude. Yeah. Well, here. Here's the offer that I can get him here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. It really is sad. What, what is the word I always say? Gross. Gross. Yeah. College sports are gross. Yeah. And it's it's nasty. It's yuck. It's not the college sports that we love. Right. You know, it's not. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about the greatest championship runs. And one of those runs we talked about was University of Texas, Vince Young, Mike Brown. Yep. The longer this goes, the less likely we are to have runs like that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, Texas is a poor example because Texas has unlimited resources because they're Texas. But the fact that they're – did you see that now that they're coming to the SEC, they're losing their Longhorn Network? Well. So that's a hit. Because the <laughs> SEC said, uh-uh. But yeah. is it a hit? I mean, with the S- with the amount of the money that the SEC brings each year from just bowls. But I mean, that's their own network, though, I which is want- not shared money amongst eighteen twenty teams in the SEC. You know, I'm sure Neil's looking up the money. They, they had looking up the numbers. They have but- to be. Uh, they had to have understood that that probably wasn't going to work with the SEC. I mean, they're they're the kings yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff. I still don't understand why in the world Oklahoma and Texas would want to do that, but that's for a topic for another day. So because of what you just said, the SEC yeah. is king of football, yeah, and football drives the boat, yeah. So if you, I mean, Oklahoma, Texas hasn't been that great lately, but Oklahoma's been pretty good. Yeah, how many times has Oklahoma made the college football playoff? A bunch, a bunch. Not in the last five six years. Well, did did but Baker was there? Kyler was there. Uh, Radler didn't get there. No, 
And Caleb Williams didn't get there. Uh, Oklahoma, four times. Yeah. So, a few more than that. They were there in 15, 17, 18, and 19. Yeah. Same amount of times as Ohio State. So, so Baker got in there twice. 17 and 18? Yeah. Or was yeah. that Kyler's year? No, Kyler was, would have been 19. He was after Baker. And then Bob Stoops left. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think uh, Bob Bob, and then Lincoln. I thought Jalen Hurts was 19. I forgot about Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. I think Baker was 17, Kyler was 18, Jalen Hurts, Hurts was 19. I forgot about Jalen Hurts being there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Three. Whoa, 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 whoa. Three. three stop the presses. Three transfers. No, no, no. Stop the presses. Let it be known that Sean Kuyper admitted his sidekick was right. I did. Moving on. So Let me gloat for a second, by God. <laughs> he needs to gloat because he was wrong two shows ago. I was he not was, wrong. He was. He was wrong. I was not wrong. I just misspoke. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were very definite no. on your missing the mark. Yeah. And then he put you in your place. He did not. Oh, and I oh. admitted that I missed the mark on missing the mark. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I admitted that on the show. And yeah. that, and that's a long way away from being wrong. I have nobody still to apologize to. I thought, I, it's still funny that you go. Have you ever been? Have you ever admitted being wrong to who? <laughs> right. It's like why would why would I do that? Right. So, so Roland, since we we're talking about college football. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Let Biscuit come out. I, I told you guys that I, I wanted to do a, 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 a Mount Rushmore of college uniforms, helmets, whatever you want to do. I said helmets. You said, hey, how about uh, Let's uniforms? just include the whole uniform. Yeah. So when I think about the most fascinating helmets or uniforms out there, like to me, there's two categories. There's the the organs that have a million different uniform combinations. Thanks, Phil Knight. Yeah, and then there's the traditionalists, right? That for years their their uniforms haven't changed. Um, Alabama, Alabama, Penn State. You right. know, um, let's stop talking about so, some of these yeah. because they might yeah. be on the Mount Rushmore. Well, and I'm sure they probably are. So, but I I just think that's that's kind of cool. I don't know, like, so I don't know that, all I'm saying is, if you're going to, you don't have to specifically say it was the Oregon Bowl jerseys from 19, right. or from 2018, you know, just however you want to do but it. But you know so what? Setting some parameters. I was thinking, because those parameters, they're still limitless options. Yeah. But if you ask me today to pick the most hideous Football uniform of all time, no doubt, no brainer. I could do it. Okay. Well, what would that be? One hundred percent, the road West Virginia jerseys. I have never seen anything more god awful in my entire life. No, 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 no. It's those gray alternate West Virginia. That's worse. Those are pretty bad. No, you're both wrong. It's the home West Virginia. Who wants to play in Morgantown? Uniforms, you're right. That's you're, it. That's accurate. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, but I think we can all agree that as a whole, the West Virginia uniforms suck. Do you know the only way we could make the West Virginia uniforms look better? Throw them in the trash. Well, that that that'd be a start. But put the coonskin hat on top. 
Mm, that's good too. But I, when I think coonskin cap, I think of Tennessee a lot of times. Volunteers. That's true. Yeah. Put Will Levis in one. I think you put Will Levis in a West Virginia jersey, and it takes it to a whole nother level. He does fill it out pretty well. To quote Cameron Grimes, to the moon. And, I mean, Will Levis would uh, uh, destroy Pat White's school records. The greatest white quarterback in West Virginia. If he had had the opportunity to do that. Right. I mean. But he chose to come to the SEC instead. Right. Totally understandable. So, I mean, we're talking. But next year, he's going to fill out that Packers uniform. <laughs> he is going to look pretty pretty good in that Packers uniform. Absolutely. So, so. Uh, but I mean, so with that being said, we can all agree that West Virginia, one million. I mean, listen, I know this is a completely different sport. They had a guy, Kevin Pitsnoggle. I remember him. Yep. Yeah, he took him to the Final Four. Yep. That's how bad college basketball was. Is that Kevin Pitsnoggle was in the Final Four? When 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 Kevin, I got to tell the story. When Kevin Pitsnoggle was there, that was early two thousands, right? Yes, I, 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 I'm I'm pretty sure it was Cassie. She heard me. I was watching TV one night, and they were talking about it, and she laughed. When did you say it was? I, I think. Er, well, it would have been mid two thousands. Francisco Garcia, who played on that U of L team, yeah, was drafted in 05. Okay, so Caitlin and Cassie was talking, but she would run around the house going piss knuckle, piss knuckle, piss knuckle, and she goes, "Daddy, his name was funny," but, and she's not wrong. The dude works. I'm pretty sure. I'll ask Adam. He's probably a cousin of his. I'll ask Adam, but I bet he's he's uh, Mayberrying it, and he's uh, Gomer. Working at some Phillips station in a full-service Phillips station in West Virginia somewhere, if he's not in prison. Or owns one or two of them. No, they, no, no way. Yeah, no way. They're all owned by the Indians. So do we want to do a traditional 4 through one I think we can. Okay. Who wants to go first? I vote. You used to always go first, so you go first. You're going to start this too? Of course I have to go first. I guess you went first last time. I did. Joker. God, I hate you all. <laughs> and I went first the time before. Yeah, that. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I am. I don't know if you all know this or not. You're an old school guy. I'm an old school guy. There's nothing better than the classics. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I mean, they don't – it's Notre Dame, okay? They don't get fancy. They have, over the years, thrown in a couple different jerseys. They've checked, they've tweaked the colors just a little bit. But it's still the same traditional colors. And and those gold helmets, mm. I'm, 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 I'm pretty dang fond of. So, That's about the only thing they ever really change on their uniforms is the helmets. Yeah, well, they brought in like the like the forest green jersey, like yeah. alternate jerseys a few yeah. years ago. They they make some some changes, but for the most part, they say that they 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 stay plain. They stay the same color scheme, uh, and that and the and those gold helmets. Yeah. So my number four is going to be Notre Dame. Yeah. You want to go next? You want me to? Go ahead. And when you think, like, just immediately thinking about this list, there's more and more and more of those colleges that you think of that just pop on your head that are traditional 
type uh, looks in schools. I mean, like, there's a lot of them. Now that you think about it, there's really not that many of them out there that do change it around that much. But I think my number four would have to be Penn State. I was going to say Penn State. Yeah. Too. I mean, they're. And, and, you know, the blue and the white, the white out. Oh, uh, it's it, one of the things that I want to be able to experience in person is go to a Penn State whiteout game. Yeah, that would be cool. Or just a Penn State game in, in period. Penn State, of course, you know, not even considering the fact of the checkered pass or anything. It's just the, the traditional that whenever I had NCAA football, I would always play Penn State. I, I, it was always cool So on that part. Penn State, it's funny you say that. I don't know how you all played, but I would always start out as an offensive coordinator and work my way up to a head coaching job, right? Usually it would take a couple seasons, and then you have to take some like Louisiana Lafayette or something mm-hmm. like that. And then you would turn Louisiana Lafayette into a powerhouse, right? Because that's what you did. And I always said to myself, it's like, I'm not leaving unless I get a, like, a yes. blue blood school. Yes. And I would always get the chance, not always, but frequently. USC was usually the first school, blue blood school that I got to go to. And I'd be danged if it would take forever to get an SEC offer. Yeah. I'm, I never had the patience. To get to that point. I'll right. start over seven or eight times. Right. Um, I, I always wanted to go to Notre Dame. I never could get a Notre Dame offer. I, I always created a player to put on my roster. Because you're going to have a crap roster, right? Yeah. So, and the most important player in college football, or in football Quarter, together, is quarterback. the quarterback. So, uh, so, a 99 quarterback. Yes. So, then you would have, but then you're, with the whole, because the transfer portal is not a thing. Speaking of which, I want to see how that's going to work in the new football game. How are NIL deals and transfer portals going Next to work year. In, in, in the new football 2023. game? 2023. So, and you know when we first talked about it, it seemed like so far away. Yeah. But, I mean, it's here. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. God, I hope that it does not have NIL and transfer portals. I don't know I bet how it does. does it. I bet it does. I, I don't know how it's not going to. Yeah. So. <laughs> Here's your NIL budget to make offers to players right. to come to your school. Right. So Louisiana Lafayette with the number one recruiting class this year. Nick Saban says they obviously bought those players. Right. But <laughs> you had a conundrum whenever you cre- create that quarterback because he typically would be really – I mean, he's 99. And he if you have a good quarterback, you have a good offense. Right? Well, then you're going to get more offers. So do you leave your 99 quarterback – where you're the offense coordinator at, say, Vanderbilt, to take that head coaching job at Troy or Miami, Ohio, or Central Michigan? Or do you hang out as just the OC for a few years and see how you do? Like, that was always the inner conflict that I had. Now, with the new game, if it has the transfer portal. You just take him with you. You'll take the USC job and take him with you. Right. Like Caleb Williams. Right, right. So I say, okay, back on task. <laughs> I say Notre Dame first, Penn State. Who you got? Um, and I'm, I hate that you brought up the video game because I just bought it for Christmas for my son. I bought him new PS3, not a new one, a used PS3 and the NCAA 2014. And I mean, I've got some uniforms picked out of my head, but it also makes me equate to the mascot game that they've got on. On the game, and the first one that comes up to my mind would be Texas. 
Texas is always the burnt orange, the white, or vice versa, with the with the uh, cattle head on the side, the great big Texas Longhorn on the side, and that's what I equate it to is that mascot being that big in the video game also. Uh, but you know, they've not changed in in forever, and just to see that. Texas Longhorn on their helmet. Um, everybody giving the Longhorns up or whatnot. Don't don't do the horns down because that'll get you a fifteen yard penalty, right? Which is silly. But um, Texas Longhorns would be one of them. One of my most favorite colors, and you can ask my wife this. One of my most favorite colors is burnt orange. I love burnt orange. <laughs> it almost to the point that it almost makes me to pull for Texas because I love burnt orange. So great pick. I mean. We're right out of the gates, and we've we 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 have some heavy hitters. Right. So I mean, if these are our starts, you know, where do we go from here? Right. Well, I'm going to go the U. Something about orange and green that you know they caught your eye. Of course, they look like it doesn't hurt that they always look like they were having fun. So it really doesn't matter what color uniforms you're in. I think it, it kind of was cool. Uh, you know, you see the you you go back and you see the video of Michael Irvin, and you look, you know, Vinny Testaverde, like, and they have like the, they have like the belly jerseys, like it's just like it's like people actually wore jerseys. <laughs> like, what are we doing? But I just love their color scheme. You look at their helmet, and it's you know, I just and then they occasionally throw in like the the crane. I guess that's the mascot is a mm-hmm. is a crane. Because I don't know how you would have a hurricane as a as a mascot, but uh, you would, uh, you know, they throw that in, but still, basically the same thing over and over. I just I've always liked their uniform, so I'm gonna go with the U. I mean, they can have a crane and as a hurricane because I mean, Alabama has a freaking elephant and says "Roll Tide," so like none of that makes sense, anyways. So I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with USC at number three. Uh, I don't know that it gets more traditional than USC. I mean, it's always been the yellow and the red. I don't even know that they changed their helmets. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the last time that I saw anything different from them. And, uh, But, I mean, you know, we talked about it on the NIL show. College football is alive again having USC – as what we believe to be an up-and-coming com- competitive school again. And it's always great when USC is around. So my number three, I'm going to go with USC. I probably should have said Texas three and this team four, but whatever. I'm going to go off the rails a little bit. I'm going to go with Boise State because Boise State has their field. Their field is blue. Mm-hmm. When they wear their home darks, it's blue. Mm-hmm. You can't see them other right. than the talk, orange. Talk numeral. about a home field advantage. Exactly. You talk uh, other than the orange numeral that they've got. You know, and the color scheme is nice with the blue, with the orange, the white. Um, they, they did that on purpose, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Eastern Washington done the same thing. Their field's red. Right. Have you ever seen that one? Red Hawks. I think yeah. they're the Red Hawks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's an insane. The red is just as insane as the, the blue. Right? Well, you know that 
they have people that have to come out to Boise State's field every morning and clean the birds up off the field because they'll they're flying over. They think it's water and they dive bomb into it and the, they obviously perish because it's it's hard as a rock. <laughs> so so yeah. Should be the Boise State dive bombs. <laughs> right. So my number three would be Boise State. My number two hurts my heart a little bit. And it's more so, they have classic uniforms, but it's more so the look of their helmet. And not that their helmet's anything fancy, but when I think of uniforms, I always think of Ohio, the Ohio State University and the decals that they have that, that signifies to me and to everybody else that you are really good at what you do. Yeah. So, you know, they you know, they have they have the red and they have the silver, but those silver those silver domes, those silver helmets covered in the Buckeyes. Yeah, just covered in the in in the decals. Such a great I mean, like if I was a kid playing football and I was a highly like that's what I would want. I would wanna be there and I would wanna have my helmet covered in uh, the hit stickers or whatever you know, whatever the whatever they call them. But based on that alone, I've always liked it. I've always enjoyed it. So uh, I'm going to put number two, the Ohio State University. And those those Buckeye stickers are one of the more iconic things in college football. Yep. I got this idea off of off of a TikTok. There's a podcast that I follow on there. And they were they were basically doing this exact same thing. They were doing the helmets, and the guy that is the host is a Michigan guy. Well, both of his co-hosts, their number one was the Buckeyes helmet, and he was flipping out because he thinks it's just a sticker. It's a sticker. The stickers don't mean nothing. That can't be part of the helmet. That's not the helmet. And then he goes over and he picks up his Michigan helmet. And he goes, this is a helmet. Now, with that being said, my number two is Michigan. Because their helmet is cool as all get out. And you kind of get that, with that Wolverine look, it looks like that Wolverine, the superhero, scratched right down the middle of it. And it's been the same for as long as I can remember. Like, I don't ever remember that one ever being different. I don't... Like, very rarely do you see an alternate. They'll do an all-yellow or an all-blue, but but most colleges have something like that. The only college that I know of that doesn't have any alternates is Alabama. Maroon and white, white and maroon. That I mean, that's it. Or white and white, I mean. I mean, I don't think they have an alternate, but that's the tradition of Alabama. Yeah. But my number two would be Michigan. I can't, I can't say... Ohio State or Alabama because I just can't stand them and I cannot bring myself to do it. That was going to be my number two because I agree with you. The helmet is probably – It still can be. No, no, no. I've got another one in mind. Uh, The helmet is probably the coolest helmet from the time it came out. It just was different. It's not just – but then it stuck. Stuck? Stuck. 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 I mean, you know. It's stuck. Wee wee. Wee wee. (laughs) On the air. (laughs) We're on the air. But I'll probably go with, we mentioned Oregon earlier. I'll go with Oregon. You know, I I started watching 
college football religiously, other than Kentucky, probably when Joy Harrington played, started playing. And that wasn't that long ago, but it was yeah. – but that's about when they started to really start to mix it up with their yeah. uniforms. And you, and and every week you're kind of like, what are they wearing? To? That's completely different. Yeah. And the next week, that's completely different. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not just a helmet change. Yeah. It was a helmet and pants. Helmet and everything. Yeah. I mean, they were the first to kind of go chrome. And they, they were the and first they got to kind of go matte. The feathers on the, the shoulder exactly. pads. Exactly. The uh, Oregon chrome helmet is a cool helmet. Yes. Oregon, Utah, and Kentucky are the three best chrome helmets that that I've seen. I agree. I love Kentucky's chrome helmet. I agree. I agree. Um, so, I like the var- variation that Oregon brings yeah. uh, every season. It's cool. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Well, I don't have to tell you all, but I'm an old school guy. And you've I, already said Notre Dame. You can't go back. I'm not. I'm not going back to Notre Dame. Notre Dame was four. The U was three. The Ohio State was two. The Alabama Crimson Tide is number one on my list. You are top notch, my opinion. When there's nothing on your uniform, there's nothing on your helmet that signifies anything other than your number. There's no logos. Nothing. Because it's not about that. It's about going it's not about how good we look. It's about going out and just absolutely obliterating your opponent. Which is why they've won a bazillion national titles. So you have and and and, and they just have the numbers on one side. Numbers aren't on both sides. Um so plain crisp. They don't have a lot of bells and whistles. Like you said, they're the they're the maroon and white. They're the white and white with the with the maroon helmets. That's what you got. You don't have all this fancy Phil Knight, you know, vapor helmet kind of things like where let's do all this different stuff. Uh, even though I think it would be cool. I think Alabama with like a matte maroon helmet with like a Big elephant, you know, like you see those, like those, uh, like prototype helmets, like a big elephant on the side, like that would be super cool. That doesn't fit Alabama. Yeah, never gonna happen. But well, I mean, Alabama is such an iconic uniform. I mean, it was portrayed in your favorite movie, Forrest Gump. Was he played? And the uniforms in that movie were the uniforms at the time that that movie was, you know, dated to. Are exactly the same uniforms as they are now. Right. I mean, there's a few uniforms that, you know, just are classics. New York Yankees pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Classic. Um, we talked about Boston and uh, the Celtics and the Lakers. Their uniforms haven't tra- changed drastically. Yeah. They've been different cuts throughout the years, but for the most part, they're still the same uniforms. I throw Alabama in with that too. Yeah. Uh, that it's just when you see that, you know exactly what it is. There's not you don't you, you don't have to you don't have to put bells and whistles with it because the championship trophy wall speaks for itself. Right. So number one on my list is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. Well, number one on mine has been mentioned already, but it goes in the same direction as to what 
you just talked about with a lot of that stuff. Now, I I love orange and blue. It's my favorite colors. That's why that's one of the reasons why I like the Bears. One of the reasons why I like the Gators. But the Gators uniforms just don't make the list. My number one, when you said something about it, all about the school and all about the uniform, it has to be Notre Dame. And the reason being is there ain't no names on that jersey. Nope. The only name that's on the jersey is Notre Dame. Right. The only time there's ever a name on the jersey is bowl games. Yep. That's the only time. And, you know, a lot of people have a problem with that. And, you know, you think about this whole name, image, likeness thing. How does that play into a school like Notre Dame? You know, it makes you – because – you got to be smart to come to Stanford or come to a Notre Dame. It's not – they're not paying just anybody to come to, to Notre Dame because they're not going to change that aspect of of the foot, of the their program, right? Right. You, you still have to be there on your academics. I mean, I'm sure they get scholarships just as well, but it ain't about the money when it comes to Notre Dame. And, and the gold helmets like you talked about and the, the traditional – the – the stadium. I mean, it, it. like Notre Dame is an experience that I, I I want to have that experience. Yep. I want to go to the Swamp, and I want to go to Notre Dame. That 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 I would love to go to those two stadiums before I die. Those those are bucket list things. I've right. Been to the Swamp. Maybe really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of an off the cuff fraternity trip that we took to Gainesville, and we walked in the back door. So. And it's that big. Well, I tell you, since we're talking about bucket list, Kentucky plays on the road this year at Ole Miss. Mm. I want to go to Ole Miss strictly for a hotty toddy, the tailgate. Like they, it's it's unlike anything, and also a night game in Death Valley. Yeah, right. That would be cool. Wrap us up with your number one. My number one is not going to be much different than Neil's. It's Alabama. Yeah. I will say this. Washington, Redskins, football team, commanders. Commanders. Really messed up. Because they could have brought back and did for two seasons just a nostalgic look that would have rivaled Alabama's. You wear... This color and this color away, this color and this color home, that don't change. And you've got a helmet with the W on the side. And and that was it. Yeah. It looked cool. And they called themselves the football team. Yeah, I actually like that better than the commanders. I did too. I, I you know, just let Washington be their be their own person. Let them be the football team. Because they've got a great fan following. Just as Alabama does. And so that's the reason I like Alabama is because there's no change in their uniforms. It's got the number on the side, which I think is really cool. I think the Browns have done that a couple of times also, and I just think it looks super cool uh, on their helmets. You just put the number on there and you go play ball, yeah. period. Um, so Alabama was my number one. Yeah. Yep. Understandable for sure. Well, awesome. Uh, jam-packed show we talked about a lot of things we man. did we we got we got down to a lot of different stuff we did down to the needy greedy yeah 
as yeah. Nacho would say. So, you got anything else you want to add before we close her up? I don't think so. I mean, I think the pledge. Oh, do we? We're gonna forget about this pledge. We, we are gonna forget about. I, it. I tell you, I don't know why we keep forgetting about that. Well, since everybody just missed the rant that I went on and all the hot takes and knowledge I was dropping, let's just end this show. Because Sean paused me. No signal. No timeout. No waving. Well, we were talking about the, the pledge, so I was like, well, I'll pause it while everybody's looking the pledge up. And, and then you go on this 20-minute soccer rant like anybody cares about soccer. Adam oh, does. now. West does. Oh, no, yeah. You're the only three. Well, we can make it to three horsemen. Yeah, well. <laughs> we can out you. <laughs> Kick you to the curb. Figure out a way to do Woo! the podcast. Flair, <laughs> Flair runs it, so. I'll say, hey, look. I'll there's, say drop an elbow There's on the shirt. star, the superstar, the player, and the legend. Without the legend, this podcast doesn't happen. I mean, you could do some research, try to figure out how to do the recording and editing. And the do editing wouldn't be as good because I'm not going to spend all the time to do that. <laughs> We're kind of we would be we would be first take kind of guys, right? So one right. one take and go. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess since Wes hates the pledge, we're going to go on and do it anyway. I've removed my hat just for you. So, if you have not already done so, pull your car off the side of the road. Preferably slowing down while doing so. Just don't like jet off. Remove your hats. Maybe people have multiples. I see people wearing multiple masks. Maybe they wear multiple hats. And place both hands over your hearts. And recite after us. And recite after us. I I pledge pledge allegiance to to the podcast podcast brought to me by the MoCo Four Horsemen, for which I rely upon for my weekly entertainment. For the love of all things fun, with opinions and facts and jokes aplenty, just like Sex Panther Cologne, 60% of the time, we're right every time. Amen. See you next week, folks. Stay safe, friends.